Uh, let's pray. Father God, we give you thanks for this day that you have made, this day of rest, of time of refreshment and uh, renewal in your word. And Lord, we ask that you would be with us now by the power of your spirit um, to continue to lead us into your truth and to sanctify us according to your son, Jesus Christ. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're still in our little series on worship. And if you've been following, I know not everyone's been able to get a book because they ran out and all that. Um, but if you have been following, we're on chapter 13, which is about singing as um, an element of worship. And when we talk about the elements of worship, it's um, these, what we mean by that is the certain things in the worship service that God has instructed us to do as a part of the service. And that's what we've been looking at in the past few weeks. So whether it's the preaching of the word, the, the reading of God's word, the, the Lord's Supper, um, yeah, etc., etc., the confession of sins. Um, and now we come to uh, singing of, of songs. And now, for I think most of us, when we talk about worship, this is really what we think about. Is, is, is it's the first thing that comes to mind. But hopefully what we've been seeing as we've been looking through um, this book and you know, these past few weeks is that worship is not just the singing. It's, in fact, the whole service is, is worship. But obviously this morning we're going to focus on the significance of, of singing songs to to the Lord. So Jonathan, the, the author of the book, his definition that he puts in the chapter concerning singing of songs, he puts it this way, which I think is, is really helpful. It says, God has gifted us with song. Good morning. God has gifted us with song that we might have a fitting way to praise him for his work, pray to him, with our deepest needs and proclaim to one another the sanctifying truths of the gospel. So to start off here, and obviously you know that anytime you can interject, ask a question, it's not just meant to be a, a lecture. Morning, bye. Morning, everyone. <laughs> um, that we, in our worship, we don't just sing songs for singing sake okay we don't just it's not just that we've got 20 minutes to fill so we've got to you know just sing some vaguely christian songs to sort of harp us up into some emotional state or whatever the case may be the reason why we sing is because god is worthy of our songs and not just any songs but only songs that are rooted in the Word of God. And this comes back to um, what we call the regulative principle, which I spoke about in, in, in the first of, of the series, that we are, in our worship, we are regulated. We can't just do what we want because our heart's tendency is idolatry, is to make up. Our creativity typically does not lead us into a good place when it comes to worship. It usually leads us to focusing on ourselves, which is 
where idolatry is, is all rooted. So therefore, we've got, to, we've got to have some guardrails in worship, and those guardrails are the Word of God. So we are only to do what God has... We only to worship how God has specifically instructed us. So therefore, when it comes to singing songs, it means we can't just sing anything. We've got to sing songs that are rooted in God's Word, and preferably... God's word itself and songs that are, are rooted in the gospel that, that, that tell of, that declare uh, the gospel, that, that glorify Christ. Now, right from the beginning of the church, and when we talk about God's church, we don't just mean the, the New Testament church that, that emerged out of Pentecost, but the church is an all of God's people are right, even in the Old Testament, God's Old Testament people. Okay, the church began in, in the Garden of Eden. We need to understand that. There was a people of God, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. That was the first church. So throughout the whole Old Testament, God's Old Testament people, they have sung, they sang songs to him. And how do we know this? Well, there's series of songs throughout the Bible. Not we'll get to Psalms in a moment, but who can think of a a, a significant song that's recorded, a song of praise to God that is recorded um, as God's people, as God delivered God's people through something pretty significant? Yes. Okay, it's an Exodus. Once the Lord delivered. His people through the Red Sea brought them to the other side. Miriam breaks out in a song of worship and it's recorded. I think it's Acts 15 somewhere. No, it's Exodus, Exodus 15, somewhere around there. So there, there are songs of praise throughout the Old Testament. But obviously, we have them all. God's given us a songbook. He gave Israel a songbook and that is the book of Psalms. So the Bible contains a hymn book. <laughs> and it's, it's not just Israel that sung the Psalms, but the New Testament church has also used the, the Psalms as, as its hymn book. In fact, most of church history, the, the, the church has used, has sung Psalms, right from the early church, the the ancient church you can see a, a constant um, use of, 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 the, of the Psalms in, in worship. Um, it's only quite recently in church history that the church has tended to have neglect the Psalter in, in favor of, of other songs. Okay? Now, uh, not all. <laughs> Not saying that every worship song that isn't a psalm is is a bad thing. There are some wonderful modern day worship songs that are rooted in scripture, and we we sing some of them here. Okay, um, but the tendency of of a lot of the contemporary worship scene in recent years has is really to create a, a lot of worship songs that are incredibly wishy washy and are, are more like love songs but like between a boyfriend and a girlfriend it's you know they're very vague they've got ideas that are not in, you know faithfully rooted 
in, in, in Scripture. So, really, God has, has, has given us a worship book. So why don't we use it? Why don't we should be reclaiming the, the richness of, of these God-inspired songs and, and sing them? I mean, what can possibly be better than singing to God his own inspired words? And that's what the Psalms do. That's why we try to, try to sing, sing a couple of Psalms in, in part of our worship. And we sing Psalm 130 this morning in, in our worship. Um, but yeah, any, any questions about the singing psalms as a part of, of worship? Is that a, a strange thing for, for some folks? Um, or is it not expected or expected? Thank you for that, Lorna. We appreciate it. I suppose the, the, the thing then is then to make ourselves more familiar with, with these things. Um, and so then they do become second nature. But, uh, yeah, it's, it, uh, I suppose the other thing with Psalms is they can be quite wordy. <laughs> they don't... <laughs> Not always the easiest to, to memorize off by heart. But I suppose the more one, one, one sings them, the more familiar they, they do become. Yes. Yeah. 
choose me to change. Not the words. <laughs> Which one is that? It's the Well, I think the Psalms are full of emotion. And that's a good thing. I mean, we call to, to come into the Lord's presence, as Psalm 100 says, we'll look at it in a moment, with, with, with joy and gladness. I mean, it's, and it's okay to express that in, in worship. It's, it's a good thing. It's not that we have to, you know, there's expectation to... to you know, to act in, in, in a certain way. Obviously, we we are to be, you know, orderly in, in, in our worship as well, like 1 Corinthians 14 tells us. But that doesn't mean not happy. It just means that we, we, don't, we, we don't worship chaotically. I think there's a difference between chaos and worship, which throughout Scripture is not a good thing. The Corinthian church was chaotic, and they were rebuked <laughs> about it. But chaos is... Joyfulness and gladness is is, is not um, 
that's not the same thing. I mean, we, are, we should come into our Father's presence happy and glad and thankful that He saved us from our sin and brought us into His presence. Yeah. Okay, well, let's carry on here. Um, Sing with the Psalms. We know if you're familiar with the Psalter, there are different types of Psalms. They're not all the same. Okay, there's a whole, the Psalms cover the whole variety of human emotion. There's everything from lament, from despair, um, to anger, you know. There's some X-rated verses there about dashing babies' heads against the rocks and, you know, asking God to zap enemies and all that, to psalms of of thanksgiving and and praise and and, and joy. And really, the the climax of the Psalter is books four and five. So if you're familiar with the Psalter, the Psalter is divided into five books. Okay, so 4 and 5, it's the last two books that's covering Psalms 90 to Psalms 150. They are not always, but they're primarily Psalms of, of, of praise. And they are, are, are Psalms about God himself, his attributes, his glory, his majesty, and his power. And, and it's typically these Psalms that, that summon us as God's people to praise him. To, to sing of his might, to sing of, of his grace and, and his goodness and to cause us to be in awe of them. So these are the psalms that we would typically use for our call to worship. It's, it's psalms that God, our King, says to us people, come and worship me. And so a classic psalm um, of praise is, is Psalm 100. And we actually sing it quite often. 
um, all people that on earth to dwell do dwell. That's almost word for word, Psalm, Psalm 100. So the psalm says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. So a couple of things that we can see from the psalm that, that tell us about singing and, and worship. So the f- first thing we can see in verses 1 and 2 is that it is good and it's proper for us to come into God's presence with singing in particular. And what's the nature of the singing? And this comes to Patrick's question. Well, our singing should be filled with joy and gladness. We're not going to a funeral. Yeah, it's to be full. We, we, singers should be full of joy and glass. It's also to be centered on God Himself. And that's what uh, verse 4 says. It's we come before the Lord, who is, is, is God, and we're to bless His name. We just sing about who He is. So it's, our singing is to be centered on God Himself. And not only that, but also His attributes. The, the psalm goes on to speak about. Um, God as being our creator. Sorry, Jean. Okay, our creator, the, the one who made us, who's who's our covenant God. Okay, it's the psalm speaks about. It contains this covenant promise that God is our God, and we are his people. Yeah, we used to sing about this covenant bond that, that God, and it is God's love that he has for us as, as, as our God and, and we, his people. Verse 5, we just sing about his, of his goodness, of his steadfast love, his, his faithfulness, and, and, and give thanks to him as well for, for his mighty works, for things that he has done in our lives, for how he has saved us. So to, to sing about the gospel, the truths of the gospel, these are, are good things, that our sins have been forgiven, that he's, he's raised us from death to life, that he, we are seated with him in heavenly places, that nothing can separate us um, from God, neither height nor depth, angels nor demons, etc., etc. We, uh, we sing out the assurance of, of our salvation. And so there's a huge benefit in lifting up our voices to, to, to praise God and, and to sing to him and sing of who he is and, and to delight in him. And Psalm 92 verse 1 tells us that it is good to give thanks to God, to sing praises to your name, O Most High. So what are the benefits of singing praises to the Lord? Yeah, Trey. I think if you sing praises to him, it kind of reminds of what also, like we start by saying, I think yeah, so singing praises to him is more for us than it is for him. And I think it, it, well, yeah, it helps us to remind, sorry, it reminds us of who he is mm. to us. Sure. So I think that's 
Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's certainly true that God doesn't need us to sing praises to him, but he loves it. Okay, he desires our praises. He enjoys it when his people express love and praise and adoration to him and, and, and thank him for, for, for what he's done. And yes, it is for our benefit too. Is it's worship is really what we've been designed to do. I mean, Westminster Shorter Catechism, question and answer one is. Yes, yeah. What is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Is worship <laughs> to to live our lives in enjoyment of God and and to to glorify Him. Um, in, in everything, in particular in worship, in, in, in song. And the thing is that what especially singing songs to the Lord does is that it lifts us up out of being so obsessed with ourselves. I mean, the whole week we get, can get so like, oh no, like life is just crushing this and, and that. And we need the Lord's day to come on. God, lift up your eyes to the Lord. There's so much. Get some perspective. It's not all about you. You know, your troubles, yes, they're real and genuine, but, but you know what? God is greater, and he's faithful, and he will accomplish his purposes despite the, you know, the seeming mess that, that, that we in. We need that reminder every week because that's our human nature. We, we, we turned in on ourselves. Okay, so we sing praises firstly, but we also it's also legitimate for us to sing prayers. And praise is obviously the predominant part of the sung worship. But as said earlier, looking at the Psalms, there's a whole range of types of Psalms. There are Psalms that complain to the Lord. Okay, Lord, where are you? Why? I, am I in so much trouble? Why are my enemies coming after me? It seems as if you're nowhere to be found. What's up, Lord? <laughs> but they always come to some resolution. That's the thing. In the end, they, you know, it's usually David. He says, ah, but you are there, Lord. You are faithful. And so it's, it's legitimate to sing prayers as well. And that's why you know, there's um, they're great examples of prayers as, as hymns. Worship, think of Songs like, it is well with my soul, which we sing here quite often. Um, Abide with me. Okay, that's an that's a old um, hymn. Uh, these, these songs, they help us and comfort us in, in times of trouble. I think the beauty of, of this is that we don't always have to be happy. Okay, yes, we praise the Lord, but there are times where you see it in the Psalter, it's okay to mourn, and you're not less of a Christian if you are in a, a depressed state, okay? The saints in the Bible had their moments as well. It's okay, but we can sing in the lament, and we do that, and we're reminded that actually God is with us even during those tough times. 
Okay, and then lastly, we sing, Trey, you alluded to this, we sing as proclamation. Okay, so we sing, yes, but it's primarily directed toward the Lord. But our singing together here is a way in which um, we proclaim God's truth to each other. So when we sing together, it's, it's like a kind of communal preaching. And when we sing, we declare truths about God to each other. And in doing so, we, we build one another up in faith. And this is what Colossians 3.16 is talking about. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Okay, and also Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing the word of Christ. So when we sing songs that are rooted in scripture, we are reinforcing the gospel in our own hearts. We're building up faith um, in, in, in ourselves and in, in the church. And it's, so it's a form of discipleship. Okay, the best way to... Uh, we memorize things, we tend to memorize things best through, through singing. And tune, as we've been saying earlier, tune helps us, us, uh, us memorize um, things and how more so scripture. So Martin Luther um, said, it's a quote from him, music and notes, which are wonderful gifts and creations of God, do help gain a better understanding of the text, especially when sung by a congregation and sung earnestly. We are made better and stronger in faith when his holy word is impressed on our hearts by sweet music. It's a wonderful quote. And so another little example from history it is in France during the, the 16th and 17th centuries. Okay, that time France was, was ruled by a very oppressive Roman Catholic monarch which brutally persecuted um, Protestant Christians. They were known as the Huguenots. Okay, some of our ancestors, mine included, were Huguenots. Um, and they, the way in which they, they banned the Bible, you were, you were killed if you had scripture texts on you. The way the gospel spread rapidly in France was these Huguenots sung the Psalter. They memorized, they had memorized the whole book of Psalms. And there's the gospel in the Psalms. And it, the gospels of the Psalms are about Christ ultimately. They, they sang the Psalms to each other. And this was through the singing of the Psalms that the gospel spread around France. And it, and, and it, it was the way in which God's word spread and took root in hearts. So therefore... When we sing these songs, we're going to sing, sing them with meaning and conviction and, and passion, regardless of, of one's musical ability. And yes, we sing to, to each other, but more importantly, we sing to the Lord himself. And actually, what we do now, is we, we, we're getting a taste of what life's going to be like in the new creation, because... Revelation 15, 3 to 5, describes the singing in heaven. And it says, And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of the Lord, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord 
God the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. Who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. Any final questions? Okay, let's pray.